And do you know how many people would probably like run away at the sight of dismembered legs? Yeah. Dude, there's a four foot bong and a bag of weed by your bed. <laughs> Jelly Wings, the parlor game for nerds, is nearing extinction. It's in my pod! It's in my pod! <laughs> I will find proof. <laughs> I'm very easily startled, Mr. Finkley. <laughs> I don't know which regulation body would regulate the uh, penis ring that you were talking about earlier. <laughs> I'm ready to remain conscious as we record this show. Hey, welcome to Medical Stuff. My name is Mark Shake, Rattle, and Roll Frankum, and that is Chris. Why do I keep biting my tongue, Finkston, over there? How you doing, man? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. That's it. That's all I got. That's all you got? Yep. Bye. <laughs> Chris is out for this episode. <laughs> <clears throat> so how's it how's it hey when do you go back to days i've got one more week of nights this is my final okay. week yeah well, and i'll be back it, on daytime bringing it on home strong i see yeah and i'm gonna tell everybody right now uh i will do my best to edit out all my hacking um <laughs> but you know what if i miss one just deal with it because it's gonna it's gonna happen a lot if you're wondering what's going on listen to our respiratory distress episode <laughs> yeah yeah, actually, I don't think we talk about this at all in our respiratory no, distress episode. But I actually think when we record our respiratory distress episode, we both had colds and we're both coughing and hacking through it. Yes, we were. That yes, was about yes, a year ago? We no, it yeah. wasn't a year ago. Has the podcast even been going a year? Uh, we've been recording for a year. Uh, we, oh, April. Oh. April 29th was when we started doing the weekly episodes. We are coming up. We're coming yeah. up on an anniversary then. Yes, we are. My goodness, we should do something. We should go on a trip together. That's what you do with your wife on your anniversary. So why would you do it with me? Sorry, the remote. Uh, we're remote recording now. Mark's cutting out. I'm going to do today's episode solo. It's going to be just me. <laughs> so today we're going to be talking about seizures or epilepsy. I'd like to thank a listener. Thank you, Megan, for coming for giving us the podcast idea for this week. Yeah. Uh, thank you for the very nice email. Apparently, she likes us. She really, really likes us. Yeah, we're so. getting a few people lately. We've had a few yeah. really positive reviews, both on Facebook and iTunes. So thank you for those people who left those. It really Absolutely. helps us. Absolutely. Um, and it also says you don't really know us. Yeah, no, absolutely. <laughs> it says you've never met us in real life. Our worst reviews are probably like our parents. Right. Just reminding us that we're disappointments. Yeah. 18 years of hell so you could finally kick him out legally. Yeah. yeah. Stuff like that. And all they do is give me this podcast. Right. <laughs> Actually, I think both you and my moms listen to the podcast, don't they? Yeah, they do. They do. And I think my dad listens every now and again. Right. So, and my dad would listen more. It just comes down to his ability to download a podcast. <laughs> Your dad and, is a wonderful man. And I love him. And yes, either he's, Yeah. He can be, uh, he's definitely views the world in a different way. Yes. <laughs> he does. Anywho, seizures. <laughs> seizures. That's what we're talking about today. Seizures. So seizures um, or epilepsy, which is a central nervous system or a neurological disorder in which your brain activity becomes abnormal. Not like Chris and I's brain activity is abnormal, but... Uh, causing seizures or periods of unusual behavior, sensations, and sometimes loss of awareness. Yeah, and one of the things that I want to uh, sort of split here is that there's epilepsy and then there's seizures. If you have seizures, it doesn't necessarily mean you have epilepsy. Epilepsy is a disease that causes seizures. So, 
Anyway, there's a distinction. Moving on. Okay. So seizure symptoms can vary widely. Some people with epilepsy simply stare blankly for a few seconds during a seizure, while others repeatedly twitch their arms and legs. I think that's kind of a dramatic understatement of what goes on for some people. Well, it really, yeah, I mean, it can kind of depend. I would almost call it, I mean, I think the word seizure in and of itself is a very good word. The muscles almost tend to seize and you see this kind of, it's right. <laughs> you just define seizure with the word seize. I know. I know. It's perfect. But um, many years ago, I uh, found out that the, uh, only definition I could voice for quasi was pseudo, and that does not help very often. No, it doesn't. <laughs> oh, it's like uh, my wife was trying to explain the word delay to our five-year-old. And he's like, what does delay mean? And then she goes, well, it's like when you have to postpone something. I'm like, oh, that really helps, sweetie. He's going to get that. He's going to nail that. Delay, no. Honey, I, I love you for thinking our children can make that jump. But <laughs> yeah, and Emmett's smart. He is a smart kid, but oh, yeah, yeah. Um, not from their mom. But no, it right. No, that that's fair. That's fine. Uh, it doesn't even so, bother me to say that. Uh, but yeah, so, so like you have almost well, like go ahead. Like uh, I would say the best way that I describe a, a person in a seizure is imagine someone trying to flex every muscle in their body and right. trembling a little bit. And right. This includes your facial muscles too. Um. And so it's one of those things that th that's, that's the way I, I would describe them. I don't know that I've ever, ever seen what I would say is a legitimate seizure with the flopping and shaking around that you see in movies with like the arms and limbs flailing and the chest jumping up off the ground. Um, I have. Well, it probably was fake and you just don't know your shit. Well, that was going to be my next statement, actually. Oh, go for it. <laughs> No, um, I have seen very violent seizures like that. Now, uh, as research is going on, and we'll talk about this a little bit later, but they're saying that a lot of those truly over-the-top ones are more likely psychogenic non-epileptic seizures, which we'll get into here in just a little bit. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to find some uh, historical uh, reasonings for seizures like demon possession and stuff like that. Yeah, that actually is the thing. Yeah, um, that was I don't have anything specific in front of me, um, but yeah, there was uh, a lot of the so a while ago I was actually researching exorcisms just because I was curious and I saw a movie and I was a little bit more curious about the history of exorcisms. And there are still some practitioners of exorcisms today mm -hmm. and there are several websites and organizations that talk about when to perform an exorcism. And some of them are crazy. Uh, some of them are more like, hey, before you think someone's possessed, here are some things that may mimic demonic possession. It had everything from, you know, uh, different um, psychological disorders, right. um, anxiety disorders, and seizures was one of the things they had listed there as well, a common um, <clears throat> mimicker of what they would consider demonic possession. Uh, there's a book called Beware the Night, which I read many years ago. And it was a, uh, it's a, uh, book by a guy who was a 20 year Bro uh, Brooklyn police officer. And he also on the side did investigations into possessions, uh, for the church, for the Catholic church. And it was a very, very interesting book. Um, as he goes through, he starts out with minor stuff. And he, he said one of the things he, he looked for when he went in to do his investigation was, uh, signs of mental disorders. 
Right. You know, because he's like, I'm there to help somebody. I'm not there to give them an exorcism. I'm there to help them get the best best help they can. And if that is psychological counseling or medications, and then that's what I'm going to push them towards, you know. Yeah. But uh, funny side story, I was reading this book, and I was on the last couple chapters, and we went out to a post uh, out in the West End, right, very uh, down by the hospital. It's like West a, End. Is this like a fence post or like a... No, posting where we sit on post. For, I know as a supervisor, you don't post much anymore. You don't <laughs> actually go out to the field very often. Right. And run calls. Oh, like an ambulance post. Yes. Oh, gotcha. I was confused. Yes. Uh, so we were posted, uh, you know, at night, middle of the night, you tend to park in dark areas out of the way, you know. Oh, even in the middle of the day, I try and find places where people can't find me. Right. <laughs> so, uh, we got out to this post. This was uh, in Forest Grove. And as we go down to where our post normally was, which was by a hospital, uh, there's all these police sitting there with their lights on and they were tracking somebody behind the hospital. Cool. Right. So we went over to a school, and at that time, the way the parking lot was set up, you could park down the side of the building, and you were out of the way, and there was a building on one side, and then like a uh, a regular park with baseball diamonds, stuff like that on your left side, so you're not really going to bother anybody with the engine. My partner sacked out. I'm reading this book. I finished this book, and the ending of it, they're talking about, you know, full-on uh, exorcisms they did he witnessed. And so I get done with the book, I'm like, wow, it was a really good book. And I hop out of the ambulance and stretch my legs, and right there is a bathroom. And so I go into the bathroom, and I'm standing there, and I start thinking about this book. Okay. <laughs> and then I start feeling very vulnerable all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'm like, you know, come on, it's a book. But they are dog-tracking a guy out there, which is a much more realistic uh, yeah. problem right now. So I'm going to finish up what I'm doing here, and I'm going to get back in the ambulance, I think. Yeah, no, that seems like a safe place to be. Right. So, anyway, back to seizures. <laughs> hey, you know the show you turned on. Right. Um, if you're new, this is how it rolls. If you've been here for a while, welcome back. Hey, thanks for joining us again. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, so we have the twitching of the arms and legs. Having a single seizure does not mean you have epilepsy. And at least two unprovoked seizures are generally required for an epilepsy diagnosis. Like yeah. the unprovoked. <laughs> come on, <laughs> come on, jackass, seize. Come on. Do it. You know. Do it. I don't have a hair on your ass if you don't seize right now. That's another story for later. I want to get some more medical stuff in, but I want you guys to remember that term. You don't have a hair on your ass if. <laughs> you say that like you've heard that before, Mr. Fingston. I have. Types of seizures. Okay, so. <laughs> uh, you, know, if we, you know if we forget to roll back around to this, we're going to catch hell. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know. Types of seizures. But I'll just say this. If we don't get to in this episode, just listen for it in the next one. Oh, <laughs> Or the next one, or the yeah. next one. Uh, focal seizures. Uh, so these start in a particular part of your brain, and their names are based on the part where they happen. Uh, so these can cause both physical and emotional effects, make you feel, see, or hear things that aren't there. About 60% of people with epilepsy actually have this type of seizure, uh, which is sometimes called a partial seizure. Uh, sometimes the symptoms of a focal seizure can be mistaken for signs of mental illness, or be another, or uh, or be mistaken for another kind of nerve disorder, uh, and then doctors will break these seizures down to three groups. So you got simple focal seizures, 
Uh, they change how your senses read the world around you. They can make you smell or taste things that, you know, or they can make you smell or taste something strange. Uh, <laughs> I feel like uh, I may be having simple focal seizures every time I walk into a Denny's. Right. That's because uh, I feel like I taste something strange. Anyway, sorry, not Denny's. Uh, and uh, <laughs> may make your fingers, arms, or legs twitch. You might also see flashes of light, feel dizzy. You're not likely to lose consciousness, but you may feel sweaty or nauseated. Then you have complex focal seizures. These usually happen in the part of your brain that controls emotion and memory. Uh, so you can lose consciousness, but still look like you're awake. This is kind of the staring off into space that Mark was talking about earlier. Uh, you can smack your lips, laugh or cry. It might take several minutes for someone who is having a complex focal seizure to come out of it. So secondary, secondary generalized seizures, <laughs> these start in one part of your brain and spread to nerve cells on both sides. They can are caused by the same... They can cause some of the same physical symptoms as generalized seizures, like convulsions or muscle slackness. So your generalized seizures, these happen when nerve cells on both sides of your brain miss fire, and they can make you have a muscle spasm, blackout, or fall. And I think this is probably the ones that most people think of uh, right? when they think of somebody having a seizure. So seizures are always in either or things. Some people have seizures that start as one kind, then become another, so you're not just... You know, oh, no, no, I'm a tonic-clonic. Oh, really? I'm a clonic. Oh, well, okay, you know. Uh, you can you can traverse beyond you know, through these. And so it's not easy to classify some of them. Uh, these are caused uh, called unknown onset seizures, and they're caused both sensory, sensory and physical symptoms. How are you feeling? I'm just, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> uh, so where did you stop? Generalized seizures? Or a, uh, nope, uh, tonic-clonic. Tonic-clonic. Yeah. All right, so tonic-clonic or grand mal seizures. So like Mark well, said. Real, real quick, uh, there are six types of these uh, seizures we're going to go over. Oh, yeah. And so we're going to start with tonic-clonic. So tonic-clonic or grand mal, while Mark fuels a small lawnmower. Um, Drinking some water. <laughs> this, I, so some context. I mowed my lawn yesterday. Okay, so you have mowing on the, on the brain. Yeah, I had to drop some fuel in. I'm like, oh, that's what it sounded like. Um <laughs> So, tonic-clonic grand mal seizures. Uh, these are the most noticeable. This is when when you have this type, your body stiffens, jerks, shakes. This is kind of what we're... This is what you're used to seeing in movies, I suppose. And you lose consciousness. Sometimes you lose control of your bladder or bowels. That's actually pretty common. Uh, it usually lasts one to three minutes. If they go on longer, someone should call 911. Uh, this can lead to breathing problems or might make you bite your tongue or cheek. And I want to point out... Uh, when we're saying if it lasts one to three minutes and if it goes on longer, someone should call 911. That's for someone with a known seizure disorder. If you have someone who suddenly has a seizure that you don't know that they right. have a seizure disorder, call 911 right away. Well, I mean, like we had a lady uh, where I worked in Oklahoma. We all knew her. She seized. She was on her medications. She was compliant with them. They cut down the number of seizures she had a day. But she would be walking home and she'd fall and have a seizure. So somebody would call us. Yeah. You know, but we all knew not to transport her until she came out of it because they weren't going to fix her at the hospital. Yeah. There's <laughs> nothing she, to do about these. Yeah. She's, and she was doing all of her care. And so, you know, we sometimes let her think that we were transporting her and she got all pissed off at us until we started laughing. And then she called us jackasses. <laughs> that was so, nice. Yeah. She was actually a really nice lady. So, but yeah. Um, but that's the thing about, about seizures, though. You got to understand is that if someone, 
doesn't have a history of seizures, it's an emergency. Because until you know what's causing a seizure, like we said, epilepsy is one cause of seizures. Right. Um, you can have a seizure from head trauma. You can have mm-hmm. a seizure from a brain bleed. You know, there are a lot of different well, causes or hypoglycemia or well, low, one of the which is low we, blood sugar. Run on or, you know, the patient fell over and then they seized. Okay. Did they seize and then fall over? So... Did they have a did they have a syncopal episode or they you know, a fainting spell and they fell and hit their head and now that fall the head trauma from the fall is causing them to seize right or did they have a seizure and that's what caused them to fall absolutely and so it's one of those things where um, if someone has a seizure and they don't have a history and they're not being treated for it that's an emergency the moment it happens but you do have patients like Mark said where they have a history of these things so calling nine one one right away is not necessary necessarily for that patient. Necessary, necessarily. Nailing this. <laughs> hey, hack a couple times. That'll really bring it home. So your clonic seizures, you may have muscle spasms, which uh, make your face, neck, and arms mus- jerk, muscles jerk rhythmically. And they may last several minutes. Right. And then you have tonic seizures, which you have to have tonic water to get. That's not true at all. <laughs> So, what's the difference between tonic water and seltzer? I actually, I don't know. I, I was literally uh, going to ask you the same thing. Do you know? I know this. There's an additive in tonic water. It's like thiamine? No. Crap. I asked a question because I feel smart, and then I don't know the answer. Tell you what, if you know the answer and you're listening, leave a comment on our Facebook page or on our Instagram or our Twitter and let us know. So. Come on, you're gonna ruin it. This is called this is called listener engagement. I read an article. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm not gonna tell them. I'm just gonna look it up. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so that now now it's a test, right? Now it's a quiz to see how smart our listeners are. Uh, whoever gets us the answer first will be mentioned on the next show. How about that? There you go. There you go. <laughs> See here, but I'm interested now. Sparkling We're doing a great job. Okay. Uh, All right. So, tonic seizures. Okay. Yes, I know what it is now. It was what I thought it was. I just I doubted myself. Oh, hey, tell me. I'll edit it out. Uh, Quite. Ah. So, tonic seizures. The muscles in your arms, legs, or trunk tense up. These usually last less than sixty seconds, and often happen when you're asleep. That's weird. But if you're standing up at the time, you can lose your balance and fall. Uh, the most common, and these are most common to people who have a type of epilepsy known as Le No Gestalt Syndrome. Ooh. Uh-huh. Then you have the... Yes, Gestalt. <laughs> then you have the atonic seizure, not like an atomic seizure, but an atonic <laughs> seizure. Uh, your muscles are going to go limp. Your head so might like lean an forward. atomic seizure when it goes right down to the to the microscopic level. <laughs> you just blow up right there. Uh, your muscles suddenly go limp. Your head may lean forward. If you're holding something, you might drop it. And if you're standing, you might fall. Uh, it's just sounds like me trying to get through a hospital ER, doesn't it? It does. Yes. So if there's a wet floor sign in front of you, you try and jump it. You may not clear it. So this one time. <laughs> <laughs> I have a feeling this isn't the first time we've told this story on the show. <laughs> uh, you know what? But just in case it's not, I will tell the only version that you, that you need to know. Um, so basically, there was a wet floor sign, and it was taller than most wet floor signs. Maybe maybe <laughs> twice tall, as mean, tall. 
standard. Pro- probably six feet. <laughs> it's probably six feet tall. And I went so to I'm jump like it. Six foot three. So you think this came up to like my ear? Just about. And okay. so yeah. I went to jump this thing and I was almost over it. By the way, just a standing jump. Didn't even need to run. And I was almost <laughs> over it and my knee barely tipped the end of it. And maybe my landing instead of a three point landing was like a two and a half or a 2.89. And Mark made a ton of fun of me for this. Okay. Now I cannot uh, deny certain parts of that story because I did have my back to you at this time. Yep. You did. Uh, all I know is we're walking through this ER with a patient on the gurney. We had a third rider with Mark, us. Mark, I told him, I told him what they needed to know. <laughs> this is, is you're not adding anything. And Chris rose into my back. <laughs> And so. it was it, and of course, I stop and I look around, and of course, there's this nurse also that's just like, yeah, exactly. I'm like <laughs> oh yeah, no, it, it attracted a lot of attention. Perfect. You know what? Oh, it's probably too late now. I bet they had video footage of that on the security cameras. Oh yeah, I'm sure they it could have gotten. That. Uh, sure do you realize you and I were partners ten years ago? Yeah, I know the uh, the You're picture old. that we have. We should put this picture up. Actually, uh, we will do this. Let me make a note right now. Uh, Finkston lineup picture. Which picture? Uh, it's a picture. Oh, the one, the one in the jail. Yeah, because it nice. doesn't. Yeah, there's no emblems on it. I have the, it. Uh, the one that really helped when they had to come find us in the. That's true. <laughs> they had to um, come find us in the woods because they showed you from the front and from the side, and then I, they go, "Do you have one of these of Mark?" And you're like, "No, Mark's more the instigator." <laughs> <laughs> uh, so. Uh, one time, Mark and I were were at one of the local uh, prisons uh, or the jail, rather. It's not a prison. They uh, called us there. I don't. I actually don't remember the call, but we got canceled. We didn't end up doing anything. And so on the way out, um, I hear Mark's talking to someone, and all I hear is "Sure." And then he's like, "Hey, Fing." I'm like, "Yeah." He's like, "Hey, go stand against the lineup. We're gonna take your picture." And so I did. And this is the same lineup where you know it has like the height measurement next to you. Oh, yeah, it's a graduated wall for mugshots. Yeah, and you'd hold a placard, and so I did. And this picture, I was showing it to a friend recently, and um, I showed it to her. She's like, "You look so young in that picture." And I'm like, "What do you mean?" That was. I look at the yeah. date, February 2009. Wow. Yeah. So, yeah, right at 10 years. And that was when you uploaded it. So, yeah. Yeah. So, I will put that picture up. That is not, yeah. I don't look I'm that like good anymore. Page. I have a, I have a uh, file that says, what thing and I do at work. Oh, yeah. It's and, got uh, pictures of pictures me feeding on there the that ducks. Don't, that don't have nothing to do with you and I at work. But, yeah, feeding ducks. You standing on a small stool bent over using a lowered uh, water fountain. Uh, there's also me hanging off the end of a ferry. Yes, you know, uh, you're doing your uh, king of the world. Yeah, I am the king yeah. of the world. Anyway, moving on. Myoclonic seizures. <laughs> uh, your muscles jerk uh, suddenly jerk as if you've been shocked. Oh, I didn't actually finish atonic seizures. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so uh, atonic seizures. Uh, you might drop something, and if you're standing, you might fall. These usually last less than 15 seconds. Uh, so some people have several in a row. So because of the risk of falling, people who have atonic seizures may need to wear something like a helmet to protect their heads, which makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, people who have uh, Lennox-Gastaut syndrome. that Lennox-Gastaut. Uh, oh. Uh, uh, and another kind of epilepsy called uh, Dravet syndrome are more likely to have this kind of seizure. Mm. Yeah. Dravet. <coughs> so myoclonic seizures, your muscles suddenly... <coughs> Proceed. <laughs> Myoclonic seizures. <laughs> Your muscles suddenly jerk. You should cut out all the coughing and just leave the proceed. <laughs> uh, 
uh, your muscles suddenly jerk as if you've been shocked. They may have the they may start in the same part of the brain as atonic seizures, and some people have both myoclonic and atonic. So absence or uh, petty mal seizures. So petit mal seizures. Petit. So do you know what mal means? Mm, mother. Because petit is small. Grand mm-hmm. mal seizures, right? Yeah. Big. Large seizure. Yeah. But for years, I couldn't figure out what the hell mal stood. Oh, it's the root word of malady, so sickness. Oh, okay. Yeah, so little sickness and big sickness. Okay, like malware. Yeah. Okay. Not to be confused with the petite mort. Mm. Ooh, little Which death. Fr- Orgasm little death. Yep. in French. Yeah. All right, so uh, you seem disconnected from others around you. You don't respond to them. Uh, you may stare blankly into space. Your eyes might roll back in your head. Usually last a few seconds. You may not remember having one. They're most common for children under the age of 14. Uh, infantile spasms. So these are rare. Uh, they typically begin during the first year of life, usually starting around three to seven months of age. Infantile spasms consist of clusters of sudden quick movements. Typically, if the child is sitting up, their head might fall forward. Uh, their arms will flex forward. And the body may flex at the waist. So if they're lying down, you might see their knees draw up and arms and head flex forward uh, with that, as well as the body reaching for support, or as if the body was reaching for support. Right. So individual spasms are only going to last about one or two seconds. Uh, they often repeat in a series of five to like 50 or more. So it's very variable. Uh, child might have many series of these per day. The spasms are most likely to occur when the child is drowsy, though. So just waking up from a nap or falling asleep. Infantile spasms may occur as part of West syndrome. They sometimes resist uh, anticonvulsant medications as well. So, so what is West syndrome? Boy, if, West is best. No, it's not absolutely in this one. It's basically, so West syndrome is the opposite of East syndrome. <laughs> so it is a, a constellation of syndromes characterized by epileptic slash infantile seizures, uh, spasms. Uh, abnormal brainwave patterns called hypes arrhythmia and intellectual disability. So uh, the spasms occur uh, that occur may range from violent jackknifing or salam movements. I don't know. So jackknife movements where the whole body bends in half like Chris was describing. Or they may be no more than mild twitching of the shoulder or the, or the eye changes. Uh, these spasms usually begin in the early months after birth and can sometimes be helped with medication. Uh, they can also occur rarely in older patients. If this happens, they're called epileptic spasms rather than infantile seizures. Currently, the International League Against Epilepsy, ILA. ILA? Yeah. It's not like a sport. The, oh, I just, International League Against Epilepsy is just a cool name. Do you think they it have is. like, you know. Like the outfits? Iron Man of Epilepsy? Yeah, or do you think they have, like, Justice League outfits or something, you know? Uh, International League Against Epilepsy, assemble! (laughs) I'm sorry, if you're part of that club... I'm sure they do great work, and we're not not disparaging their organization at all. We're not, I just think if I were running it, we would definitely have, like, X-Men-type outfit with uh, that plane or something. Oh, because I want to see you in a unitard. Um, But (laughs) I think... uh, like you can't be like if you well, it wouldn't be able to be yellow. If you are, oh no, yellow's not your color, sir. No, and think about the shape of that. This looks like a lemon. <laughs> a sexy lemon. Um, but I, uh, if you were, if you led this thing in any way, 
and you did not begin every single meeting with International League against Epilepsy Assemble, then you're a fraud, mm-hmm. and you need to get out of that. And you have to say it in a commanding tone and yell it. Oh, absolutely. Like, yeah. you're about to save the planet. So, this wonderful organization has revised the terminology of epileptic spasms. Is uh, And epileptic spasms are not preferentially used to encompass the different age groups of onset. So, they're doing good work in terminology reasons. Right? Yeah. So, okay. So, now we're going to move into uh, a little more, uh, I'm going to say controversial, but in a lot of situations, it's much, this this, this next subject can't, or this next uh, group of seizures that we're going to talk about uh, can be very difficult for doctors to diagnose, and we'll get into that, but they're also very difficult to talk to family and patients about. Right. So, uh, we're talking about our... Psychogenic non-epileptic seizures. And the acronym is Penis. There you go. P P N E S. I called out on the radio the other day. Oh, did you? Yeah. What happened? Well, I screwed up, first of all. Fair. Uh, dispatch then said, you know, four one to fourteen. And I said, Hey, it's an anagram. And it was one of our dispatchers who says crick. Yeah, nice. <laughs> and I got a he goes, I don't know what that is. And I said, well, it's where it's spelled, it's spelled the same way forwards and backwards. So you said this all over the air? Yes. Four one, okay. <laughs> and almost immediately, somebody keys up and goes, uh, four one, I believe you mean palindrome. <laughs> At which point I, went, I came back with, uh, excuse me, I'm talking to dispatch right now. <laughs> and maybe you're right. So although it is also an anagram, which is where you can re- re- rearrange the uh, letters to make a different word, that was not the joke I was going for. So, Damn. So someone did call you out. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It was awesome. Wow. That is. <laughs> and did you see my email? My left open my, I left my open email the other day. Oh, I did. Yeah. Yeah. So at work, uh, I'm kind of known for if somebody leaves their profile open is I will send an email to everybody with something humorous just about how I let, they left their email open. Yeah. yeah. And then I did it the other day, and I was sitting on post. I'm like, ah, crap. <laughs> so, hey, before we forget, and while we're on a tangent anyway, mm-hmm. so Mark yeah. once told me, once we, went, we once went to a Dairy Queen. Is this and, the reference of the thing we were talking to earlier? Uh-huh. Okay. And we went to a Dairy Queen, and the problem with Dairy Queen, and I love Dairy Queen, but the problem with Dairy Queen is that I would not call them car-friendly foods all the time where we're talking about ice cream cones and so they're certainly not ems friendly foods (laughs) but uh, (coughs) 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 Um, would you like me to finish the story for you mr finkson no no i got this but um (laughs) so i get a chocolate dipped cone which is my favorite I, st- I get that every time I go in. It's vanilla cone dipped in chocolate. And I get one of those. I, I get a medium or a large. I don't know. I get a lot. You get a large usually. Yeah. And uh, so we're driving. So just so you know, Chris is six foot five. And how much do you weigh, Chris? Uh, I was recently went to doctors and about um, 190. Oh, okay. I thought it was much lighter than that. Chris is a beanpole. Yeah, I've gotten a little thicker over the years. And he gets, uh, you know, this was 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago. 10 years ago, that was probably closer to the one, to about 180. Yeah. But, yeah, he's very tall and very thin, and he can eat whatever the hell he wants most of the time. Right. And I hate him for it. Anyway, go on. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, actually, and recently, because my wife always tells me, she's like, you know, there's more to eating right than just weight. She's like, there's blood work. There's no kind of thing. Right. Those kind of things. I recently got a physical at the doctor's office and I was kind of worried uh, because I've been holding on to blood work I had done five years ago that was good and just saying like, yeah, no, my last time I got blood work, it was fine. Um, so the doctor finally called you out on that bullshit, right? Yeah. And so that we did blood work and he calls me back the next day and he goes, yeah, it's uh, it's ideal. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's like, uh, as a comedian once said, it's like being a Miami Dolphins fan. You could win, but you don't deserve to. And... <laughs> It's uh anyway, uh chocolate dipped ice cream cone. Sorry, chocolate dipped ice cream cone. God, our listeners are gonna hate us for this. Um so yeah, so we start get going to a call and I'm like, damn it. Cause you can't like if you're going to a call, there's no place you can set this ice cream cone that's well, gonna be it's, good. Right, it's gonna melt. Yeah. And it's, you literally had maybe had three licks of this thing when we got the call. Yeah, and I'm like, well, and I'm gonna throw it away. And I wanna point out that where we're going is not far away. We right. have maybe a mile and a half to get there, and it's Mark driving. And Mark drives at an appropriate speed for the condition. Mark, Mark is not afraid of the accelerator. Mark will get you there mm-hmm. um, safely, and there. Um, so and in good time. Yeah, and uh, and so Mark turns to me and he says, "You ain't got a hair on your ass if you don't finish that ice cream cone by the time we get there." And that's all it took. It was game on, bitches, and I was cramming that that ice cream in my face. Apparently, Chris has a hairy ass because yeah. he was able to eat the entire ice cream. He was mildly incapacitated from brain freeze for the first part of the call. Which was nice because Mark actually let me sit in the ambulance while he went in. Because <laughs> fire, uh, fire had beat us on scene like by a hair. And, uh, and so, yeah, Mark went in and just let me sit there for a little bit and recover. <laughs> Was nice. I think you even told the firefighters why I wasn't in with you. Oh yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah I, and my partner's he's he's, yeah. he's recovering from brain freeze. Exactly. <laughs> I may have talked to you something. But I'm going to point I this. I talked you into a lot of things when we were partners. I know, but I'm going to point this out though. I finished that ice cream cone. You did? No, no. It no, was I, done. Kudos. It was a. Uh, it was an impressive feat, and you paid a price for it there for a bit. So let's talk about penis. <laughs> so psychogenic seizures that are not due to epilepsy it's psychogenic non-epileptic seizures so psychogenic that word means um originating in your psyche i suppose mm-hmm. um these seizures can occur at any age but are more common in people under the age of 55 so they occur uh three times more frequently in women than in men they may arise from various psychological factors they may be prompted by stress they may occur in response to suggestion uh some individuals with psychogenic non-eclectic seizures may have previously experienced trauma such as sexual abuse so psychogenic seizures can be characterized by features common with epileptic seizures it can sometimes be difficult to differentiate between psychogenic and non-epileptic seizures and epilepsy seizures the gold standard for diagnosis is to record the seizures during an admission to, uh, to an epilepsy monitoring unit. A neurologist can analyze the video and EEG recordings to determine if the seizure is due to epilepsy or penis. So when he, every time he says penis, it's P-N-E-S. Yeah. So um, that makes it much more legitimate. Right. I think we just going to say PNES from now on. <laughs> uh, patients who are diagnosed with psychogenic seizures are usually... Ref- ooh, ooh. Make, sure you, make sure you click the uh, the content button. 
Oh yeah, no, that yeah, um, explicit. Yeah. Uh, so patients who are diagnosed with psychogenic seizures are usually referred to a psychiatrist or therapist to learn how to manage stress, become familiar with coping techniques. Uh, behavioral modification therapy can also be an effective treatment for PNES. So uh, PNES are attacks that may look like an epileptic seizure, obviously, but they're not caused by the abnormally brain dis- electrical brain discharge. Uh, frequently, people with uh, PNES may look like they're experiencing generalized convulsions. I've mistaken them for so- for seizures, for sure. full-on tonic-clonic seizures, and treated a- accordingly. Yeah. Um, less frequency... Uh, less frequently, uh, PNES may mimic absent seizures or complex partial seizures with temporary loss of attention or staring. A uh, physician may suspect PNES with seizures that have unusual features, such as a type of movement, the duration, tri- triggers, frequency. Um, but the, the patients I've treated with and ultimately got triggered or got diagnosed with PNES. They were pretty convincing. I mean, I've been a medic for 25 years, you know, but it's very difficult to uh, di- diagnose between the two. Even physicians can have a problem with it. Uh, sometimes a specific traumatic event can be identified in many people with PNES as your trigger event. And uh, the most reliable test is an EG, is video EEG, EEG, electroencephalography, good Lord, EEG monitoring. Uh, therapeutic t- uh, technique called eye movement desensitization. Good Lord. Desensitization. I really should practice it before we do the actual recording. No, I think that people listen. The people, <laughs> I think people get up in the morning like, man, I haven't heard anyone mispronounce a medical term in a long time. <laughs> hey, is there a new episode of uh, medical stuff? Monday at seven. Fuck yeah. I can, I can hear two guys stumble through words for the next hour. <laughs> yeah. Uh, eye movement desensitization and reprocessing that works with some people with PNAS. Reprocessing. <laughs> Sorry. But what I needs to be done is there needs to be a lot more uh, research done on this. So there's a Dr. Ben Badis um, who's kind of leading this. Ben Bad is. Ooh, he's Ben Bad. Mm-hmm, he is. Uh, that, I don't know if uh, I'm going to cut that or not. The big... <laughs> what? I don't know if we're going to cut that or not. That was pretty bad. <laughs> uh, We've been bad. He that uh, misdiagnosis of epilepsy in patients with PNES is, PNES is common. In fact, approximately 25% of people who have been diagnosed or have a previous diagnosis of epilepsy and are not responding to drug therapy are found to be misdiagnosed to have PNES. Now, back when I started and back when you started, this was called? Uh, Pseudo seizures. Right. You know, um, which basically it literally means look like seizures, but is not right. Very close to quasi seizures. <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't quasi seizure be like a half seizure? Isn't that what quasi is? Yeah. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Mark, are you trying uh, to use? Did you find the big word dictionary again? I, I did. I did. It was the toilet paper I bought. So yeah, my wife toilet paper. My wife took mine away. <laughs> so. Unfortunately, the problem is that once the diagnosis of epilepsy is made, uh, it's easy to perpetuate without being questioned. You know, if you look like you have a seizure and you have a doctor's uh, diagnosis of seizures, hmm, I'm not going to question it. You know, yeah. because that mm-hmm. looks like a seizure. They have a history of seizures. Okay, it's a seizure. Right. But it's important to know the diagnosis of PNES uh, is difficult for several reasons. 
Uh, first of all, physicians are taught almost exclusively to consider and exclude physical disorders as a cause of the physical symptoms. So they're looking for that physical reason behind it. Chris was talking about how having a seizure doesn't mean you have epilepsy. Uh, one of the things that you know it can happen, he talked about uh, head injuries, uh, tumors, brain tumors, uh, low blood sugar, hypoglycemia. <laughs> I went on a hypoglycemic patient that was seizing, and she was one of the dancers at a strip club. Oh, this sounds, this sounds perfect. <laughs> she was clothed. Not everybody else in the room was, me included. Uh, right. <laughs> nah, see, that was just sounded creepy. That wasn't the joke I was going for. <laughs> I don't know, Mark. I'd put you up on stage. I would throw some ones your way. Um, just to watch me walk over and pick them up. No, no, you big, but you sexy. <laughs> um, no, the, the, the thing was is that she's actively seizing. We start a line. I say, check a sugar. The fire department just walked in. They're like, give her her said. I'm like, check her sugar. And sure enough, her blood sugar was low. We gave her some D50, and uh, the seizure stopped. Lo well, and behold. Uh, she did not have a diagnosis of diabetes, and she did not have a diagnosis of seizures. So let's go to the hospital. There you so go. I go, I would turn to, and I'm asking the manager who's standing right there, who was standing right next to lieutenant on the fire engine. And I go, Hey, is there, because when we came in, we came in through the front door. We didn't know where we were going, just going the front door. So we walked all the way through this club back to the changing room. Hey, is there a quicker way out of here than the way we came in? No, says the lieutenant. Huh. Huh. Seem awful familiar with the layout of this place, my friend. <laughs> I was going to say, you popped that out there pretty quick. <laughs> so now his crew's laughing and this, and the uh, manager's kind of chuckling. And he goes, well, you know. Uh, we have to do fire inst- inspections of their fire systems. I'm like, uh-huh, sure, man. He's like, screw you, Frank. <laughs> all right. So, uh, all right. I got a story. Um, what? Yeah. One time, a buddy of mine, he's now my boss, actually. Uh, we were we were partners. And I was actually oh, training. <laughs> What's that? Go ahead. Nothing. Go ahead. Uh, we were actually, I was actually uh, training him uh, in this call. And uh, one, of, one of my favorite partners, don't worry, Mark, you're still my favorite. Um, but if I was going to cheat on you, it'd be with this man. Uh, and so we're code code three and one of the local porn shops popped a call and it came over and they said the name of the porn shop. And it's a very <laughs> it's just one of those names where you're like, yep, that's what you name a porn shop. And uh, they came over and said, yeah, it's a call at, uh, you know, the porn shop uh, here, here, here. Uh, and they asked, do you guys need initial directions? And my partner comes back over the, over the radio and says, nope, my partner knows the way. <laughs> and that's the day you passed him. Yeah, no, that was good. I laughed so fucking hard. I'm like, you will fit in, sir. Yes. You have the mindset to be an EMS. No, actually, he was he's pretty experienced uh, as an EMT basic coming to the coming right. to our companies. I was basically just checking off that he could be a paramedic too. <laughs> so anyway, uh, physicians need to or they're taught to kind of uh, find the reason, and it's usually a physical reason that they're looking for. Uh, furthermore, physicians are more likely to treat for the more serious conditions. So if they doubt their diagnosis, if they're like, man. I think it's P- uh, PNES, but it might not be. They're probably going to go with, let's go ahead and medicate it or treat it. 
Right, right, because it's err on the side of safety sort of thing. Right. Uh, second, the diagnosis of seizures depends largely on the observation of others who may not be trained to notice the subtle differences between em- epileptic and non-epileptic seizures. So, I mean, like I said, even as a medic of 25 years, if it's, if it's close enough, yeah, yeah I'm going to treat it. Yeah. You know? Oh. Uh, and lastly, many, phys- many physicians do not have access to video EEG, electroencephalogram monitoring, which has to be performed by an epileptologist. Yeah. Ooh, that's a big word. Yeah. A uh, neurologist that uh, specializes in epilepsy. So let's talk so, a little bit about febrile seizures. Well, I wasn't done with the other one yet. Well, your notes ended. Well, that doesn't mean I've got many pearls of wisdom on which to expound on the subject. Oh, never mind, Mark. Let me give you a squeeze so your sponge-like mind can spill (laughs) forth all the knowledge you have and our listeners can soak it up like the brawny paper towels they are. By the way, today's episode is brought to you by Brawny. (laughs) Of course not. Don't sue us, Brawny. (laughs) Actually, that's all I had. There you go. All right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, so febrile seizures. <laughs> so I'll talk about febrile seizures. So my son, um, we initially thought he had febrile seizures. Um, blonk. Sorry, my mic moved. Uh, so anyway, so febrile seizure is a convulsion in a child caused by a spike in body temperature, uh, often from an infection or really anything that raises your your temp. Um, so they can occur in young children with normal development without a history of any neurological symptoms. It can be very frightening when your child has febrile seizures, and the few minutes it lasts can seem like an eternity. And now that is very true. Uh, fortunately, though, they're usually <laughs> harmless. Like sex with Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll just say right now that was completely unprovoked and unprofessional. <laughs> no, that's fine. It's funny. Um. Uh, fortunately, though, they're usually harmless, and they typically don't indicate a serious health problem. So, well, one, of the, one of the things I want to make a differenti- differentiation of is that febrile seizures have no direct correlation to epilepsy. They do not. Um, so. Yeah. And so, and I'll I'll kind of talk a little bit more about what my, so my son ended up with a diagnosis of epilepsy, but we'll get back to that in a little bit. Uh, so... You can help keep your child, uh, you can help by keeping your child safe during the seizure. So that's the big thing. You need to offer comfort afterwards. Uh, make sure they're not in a spot where they can fall. So if they're like on a couch or in a crib or on a bed, uh, make sure or, they can't. I mean, I don't mean this in a bad way, but, you know, under a coffee table where they could hit their head on the legs. Right. Yeah. And then, I mean, kids play, they. Oh, shit. Yeah. You know, and they're they're under there doing something, and it happens. You know, make sure that they're anyone with a kid will understand that statement. Yeah, right. that's absolutely true. They are all over the place. Um, call your doctor uh, to have your child evaluated as soon as possible after a febrile seizure. But I will say this: uh, if your kid has a fever, we'll talk about the symptoms here in just a bit. But if your kid does have a fever um, and they have a seizure, you should call nine one one for the first one. Right. Because there's a lot of different things that can cause um, a seizure. And just because your kid happens to have a seizure while having a fever doesn't mean it's a febrile seizure. Well, yeah. I mean, the thing is, is they're having it because of the fever, but what's causing the fever? Right. And then it could also be that maybe they're not having it because of the fever. Maybe they just happen to have a fever. So um, anyway... So usually a child having a febrile seizure shakes all over. They're going to lose consciousness. This could be very close to the clonic tonic seizures that we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the child may get very stiff. The 
the child, the child, uh, make it very stiff or twitch in just one area of the body. A child having a febrile seizure, uh, they they will well they'll have a fever. So uh, by the way, a fever by the way is classified as anything higher than one hundred point four thirty eight point zero degrees uh, Celsius. They'll lose consciousness. They may shake or jerk their arms and legs. Febrile seizures are classified as simple or complex. So a simple febrile seizure is the most common type. Lasts for a few seconds, up to 15 minutes. Simple febrile seizures do not recur within a 24-hour period. And they're not specific to one part of the body. Uh, the complex febrile seizure, this type lasts longer than 15 minutes, occurs more than once in 24 hours, and is confined to one side of your child's body. See so a left or a right side rigidity or shaking. Uh, so here's some of the treatment. Well, uh, real quick, I want to just touch on a postictal. Yes, please do. Um, so after a seizure, uh, and this can be one of the defining characteristics between uh, PNES and an epileptic seizure, is that there will be a postictal period. So postictal periods are patients uh, period during the time during which the patient can be unconscious. Uh, when they wake up, they wake up very very confused. Uh, Sometimes combative. Sometimes, well, yeah, you know, the problem is, is that they wake up and nothing's making sense. Their brain is still resetting itself and people's natural reactions to help. And so they're right there on top of the patient. They're not physically, but you know what I mean? And so this person wakes up and they're kind of their fight or flight mechanism kicks in because they're scared and they don't, they can't, they can't think, they can't make sense of what's going on around them. So if they're crowded too much, they can become very combative. Uh, this can last for a few minutes. It can last for a few hours. It just depends on the patient. You know, I've had, uh, I had one patient that every time he seized his postictal period went straight to full on fight. Yeah, and maybe. This happened on scene and then it happened once in the back of the ambulance and I'm talking to the staff about it and they're all kind of looking at me because the guy's just laying on the bed at this point, just, you know, no big deal. And I'm like, I'm going to tell, I'm telling you, if he seizes again, he's already seized three times in the last half hour. Once before I got there, once on scene and once in the back of my rig. After the seizure, he's going to be swinging and it, uh, anything gets close to him. And they're like, oh, okay. Didn't believe me. <laughs> and then he had, boom, he has another seizure just as I'm getting ready to leave the room. I'm like, move back, move back. And then he came up fighting. And he was a good sized dude. He was, um, from the South Pacific, he was, I believe, I don't know if he was actually from Samoa, but he was that build where they're, they're big dudes. They're strong. Oh. <laughs> oh, and next thing you know, he's trying to get up off the bed, you know. So postictal periods, I mean, especially as a provider, one of the things I try and do with these patients is get everybody to step back because you get, you know, sometimes six responders on scene and they're all trying to help the guy, but they're just making things worse because the person needs time to be able to get their brain working. I mean, these patients will go from being nonverbal completely to uh, speaking, but the answers are not in conjunction with the questions. Or uh, one of the ways uh, you can tell the difference between somebody who's really drunk or if they're postictal is a person who's postictal. I've always noticed, man, they will about have a stroke trying to think of the answer because they know they know the answer, but they can't think of it. Yeah. You know, as opposed to somebody who's drunk, they'll just kind of wander off in the conversation. So, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, and we have to explain this to a lot of people who, 
you know, their family members have had a seizure and they didn't recognize them after the seizure. I'm like, yeah, it's not you as part of the process. Yeah. So, so I'm going to go off on a brief tangent. And this is kind of, so my son, hard to believe I know. Um, so my son had uh, what we initially thought were febrile seizures and ended up being diagnosed with epilepsy um, and is now almost in the process of being undiagnosed with epilepsy. And I'll kind of explain that a little bit just because th- this whole thing kind of like, okay, this hits home a little bit. So I've got some experience here. Uh, so initially, so one day, um, real quick, thanks Megan for dragging up a painful memory of Chris. It's not a painful at all. It's just, just reality. He's <laughs> trying to make, make Megan feel bad. Why would you do that? She's such a loyal listener. She is. She yeah. Is. Just, I'm just, I'm hey, sorry. Megan, Thank you again, Megan. For your I reaction. apologize for Mark. He, <laughs> he does this quite often. I, 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 and you know what, Megan, I agree with you. I do carry this show. <laughs> I know you haven't said that in a comment, but I know what you're thinking. Um, anyway, so uh, uh, so anyway, my wife and I were, were uh, so for our anniversary, I had actually booked a stay at a hotel someplace fancy, and it's all a resort and all this stuff. And we're headed off to there. The kid. Chris trying to get some. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, so. Uh, that sounded creepy. Uh, anyway, uh, so the, uh, the one kid at the time, we, we just had one child. Emmett was going to stay with my parents. And then I get a call from my mom being like, something's happening. And I'm like, it sounds like a seizure called 911. And it was, and it being a febrile seizure. Uh, he had a few more, uh, after that. And then we finally went, uh, not finally, but we went to have him go see a neurologist, which is a normal process. So we went to the ER. The ER was like, nah, I mean, it's a febrile seizure. He's fine. Uh, he might have some again. Like, don't worry about it. Really, uh, have him follow up with a neurologist, but you know, it still probably go after the age of five. You won't really see them again. So we took him to a neurologist. Here's one of the things to remember is that seizures can actually be triggered. Some people will have, for example, flashing lights may trigger someone's epilepsy if they have epilepsy. The uh, very first Pokemon movie did that. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember that. Um, it was a common trigger for people. Um, but usually it's some sort of pattern or change in the senses that can trigger epilepsy. So here's the thing with febrile seizures. Your child could be having a febrile seizure, and that is a seizure due to the fever. Or they could have epilepsy that is set off by a temperature change. And the main way they diagnose the difference is by doing the EEG. In a febrile seizure, EEGs are of almost no value. I'm actually reading this uh, from a website as well. Just go, go ahead and credit the website really quick. This is the Child Neurology Foundation um, from uh, one of their experts. Uh, this would be... This is written by an RN, uh, Ruth C. Schinner. Uh, and, uh, what was that last name? Uh, Schinner, uh, S-H-I-N-N-A-R. And then. Schinner, got it. And uh, you need to pronounce your ends a little bit better. Sure. And then, uh, Shlomo Schinner, uh, who's a physician. That can't be a real name. That's, it is. Is it? It is. Yeah. No, nah, I thought the same thing. The, the first couple times through, you th- sound like you're produce- uh, pronouncing T's and not N's. I think you just can't hear. <laughs> I thought you said her name was Shitter. <laughs> I think that's what you wanted to hear. <laughs> Do you need to go to the bathroom? Do you need a bathroom break, Mark? No, is no, everything no, I went, being I went colored? before we started. Okay, good. Yeah. Uh, but anyway... Uh, this is an article written by them, and one of the things they note is that the EEG in a febrile seizure isn't really useful. Uh, however, so they do they, they do still 
do the EEGs because if you get a positive EEG, it's more indicative that the kid has epilepsy that is triggered by fever as opposed to febrile seizures. And what that means for the patient is that you're probably going to end up, you may end up with seizures that last a lifetime as opposed to ending uh, when they're five years old. And your child will also be put on medication. Um, so Emmett currently takes Keppra. He recently had an EEG that was completely negative. So we're weaning him off the Keppra. And then once he's off the Keppra, he'll have to go back for another one. Uh, to see if he's completely negative. And then if that one's negative, then they will say, meh, he doesn't have epilepsy. I'll be like, okay. So there we go. Uh, so yeah, so that's just kind of one of the things. Now you can get false positives on EEGs, which is uh, why one of the things they do with this is they say, all right, he had a positive EEG. He's had fevers. It could still be febrile seizures. We don't know. So like Mark said earlier, let's diagnose him with epilepsy. Let's treat him for epilepsy just in case this is epilepsy. So there you go. That's a real world scenario of everything we talked about. The end. (laughs) Gather round, children. (laughs) So there are many medications that are used to treat epilepsy. Yeah, let's talk about treating. Uh, There's carbamazepine, uh, Tegretol and Carbitrol. Uh, phenotoin, which is dilantin, or phenotech. Yeah, yeah. That's unitech, isn't it, from heavy metal? Unitech, unitech. Uh, valproic acid, which is depakine. Uh, mm-hmm. There's also depakote. Uh, oxycarbazepine. Oxycarbazepine. There you go. You practiced that earlier. Right. Uh, Triliptal, which is the uh, uh, trade name for it. Yeah. Uh, Lamictal, which is really common. We see a lot. Gabapentin, which has a lot of uses, and one of them is for seizures. Uh, one of them is also for pain control. Uh, Topamax, uh, phenobarbital, and Zonagrin, which I've never actually seen Zonagrin before. No, I wonder if it's one that's not used that much. Yeah. I wonder if it's one of the lesser used ones. Uh, and then, of course, mentioned Keppra is a newer one that, been, that you see quite often. So, uh, most people with epilepsy can become seizure-free by taking one of the anti-seizure medications, which is also called anti-eleptic medication. Uh, others may be, uh, be able to decrease the frequency and the intensity of the seizures by taking a combination of medications. Intense! Uh, ooh, not tech. Uh, many children with epilepsy who aren't experiencing epilepsy symptoms can eventually discontinue medication and live a seizure-free life. Uh, many adults uh, can discontinue medication after two or more years without a seizure. I don't know how many calls I've run on where patients have had a full-on seizure and they are really depressed by it because they just got taken off their medication because they could just start griping again. And Because a lot of times if you're known to have a seizure disorder that's non-treated, they will take away your driver's license. Do you remember that lady we ran on? No. Okay. <coughs> that was pretty vague. <laughs> I do remember that you and I used to do rock, paper, scissors at the beginning of every shift on the very first call to see who was going to take the first patient of the day. And I remember a lady walking up to, we were at a uh, mass transit station, a MAC station, and we got the patient loaded up. We closed the back doors, did a quick uh, Rochambeau. You jumped in back. I went up and started driving. And it's later that day, we're standing at McDonald's. And this lady goes, did you take a patient from, you know, the max station today? We're like, yeah. She goes, did you play rock, paper, scissors to see who was going to take the patient? Maybe. Maybe. That's hilarious. 
Yes, that's exactly what we did. <laughs> yeah. So, anyway, your lady. Um, well, our lady. Uh, so, Mark and I actually ran on a gal who had seizures. And she was uh, of a specific religious belief that did not believe in medical treatment. And so, she would not go to the hospital with us. Uh, and it sounds like she's actually had several seizures over the years. Uh, but um, she didn't report them when she went to get her driver's license. She didn't do any of that stuff. Uh, and it was one of those things where, um, I remember Mark was like, you need to go to the hospital for this. And she's like, no, I don't. This is just what God's given me. And Mark was like, okay, you have a, you shouldn't have a driver's license. Cause what if you drive and one of these happens, you could hurt other people. And it just was not hitting home with her. Hmm. She just did not care. Do you remember this lady now? Yeah, I do. Yeah. So anyway. That's a story. So, so finding the right medication do- and dosage can be complex. Uh, your doctor will consider your condition, the frequency of your seizures, your age, and there are many factors that can go into this when choosing which medication to prescribe. I per- personally like to think it's a dartboard over the shoulder. It is. Yeah. Kind of, you know. no, that's a fact. Uh, your doctor will also review any other medications you may be taking to uh, rule out any sort of drug interactions between the two. And drug interactions could mean that you have a negative effect from them, and that, or it could be that they potentiate each other, and they both they both work much stronger. And so, uh, your doctor will likely prescribe a single medication first at a relatively low dosage, and may increase the dosage gradually until your uh, seizures are well controlled. Uh, but they have some side effects. Yeah, they do. So. Um, and we, I think we touched on a similar subject in our uh, psychiatric disorders episode, that sometimes people don't take the medication that's helping because they don't like the side effects. Right. You know. Uh, here you can have fatigue, you can have dizziness, uh, you can have weight gain, loss of bone density, skin rashes, loss of coordination, speech problems, memory and thinking problems, so they can... Uh, a way I've heard some of them described it's like thinking through cotton or oh. experiencing life through cotton. You just kind of get that hazy kind of dulled uh, sensation. But you can have some more severe but rare side effects such as depression, suicidal thoughts or behaviors, uh, a severe rash, and uh, you can get an inflammation of certain organs such as your liver. So if you're taking ever taking any medication... And you start having becoming depressed or having suicidal thoughts, contact your physician immediately. If you're having uh, suicidal thoughts coupled with a plan or extreme suicidal thoughts, call 911 immediately. Yes. Because it's the medication. And so that needs to be addressed immediately because we do not want you to be at home by yourself with these impulses. Yeah. So... To achieve the best control possible of medication, follow these steps. Take them exactly as prescribed. No freelancing. Always call your doctor before switching to a generic version of your medication or taking other prescription medications, over-the-counter drugs, or herbal remedies. Uh, One of the really good catches on this are pharmacists, because pharmacists are supposed to check if you're prescribed a new medication. You should Sometimes, you know, you go to the pharmacy, you just want to get your medication and get out, and the pharmacist has questions for you. They are ethically and legally obligated to ask these questions to make sure, because they're kind of the last line of defense about drug interactions or changes or abnormalities. So they're doing their job. 
Uh, never to stop taking your medication without your doctor. This one drives me crazy when I hear patients doing it. You know, And it happens quite a bit. We actually recently ran a call where a guy who has a diagnosis of dementia, his wife didn't like something about the medication. I don't know what it was, but she just stopped giving him the medication. So we went on there. We went to their house for behavior issues. Go figure. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. It was, it, and they've been going on for two to three days. She right. stopped his medication cold turkey about five days ago. And so, yeah, it's like we took him to the ER and the doc's like, so wait, she did what? And now <laughs> yeah. she's concerned he's having behavior. Well, yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, going to. he's not on the medication <laughs> that's going to keep those under control. Uh, it's actually common enough that they will never ask patients, hey, are you on any prescription medications? No. Are you supposed to be? Yeah. That's an automatic next question for me. Uh, Again, notify your doctor immediately or call 911 if you notice any new or increased feelings of depression, suicidal ideations, or unusual changes in your mood or behaviors. And this may also be a situation where you have to trust your loved ones when they see things that you may not be perceiving in the same way. You know. Uh, Tell your doctor if you have any migraines. Doctors may prescribe one of the anti-epileptic medications that can prevent your migraines and treat epilepsy at the same time. Uh, At least half the people newly diagnosed with epilepsy will become seizure-free with their first medication. And if anti-epileptic medications don't provide satisfactory results, you get your money back. Yeah. (laughs) Your doctor may suggest more aggressive therapies such as surgery or electroshock therapy. They can do that sometimes. You know, it's but they're much more rare, though. You really have to have a pretty set epileptic disorder for them to go that route. And uh, you'll have uh, regular follow-up appointments with your doctor to evaluate your condition and medication. So this is something that, you know, major- a large majority of the time can be controlled with just proper care and following up and being consistent. So that's all I got. Chris, how about you? That's all I got. That's all you got. So... Um, yeah. Central theme of the show, talk to a doctor, follow their, follow their instructions, <laughs> do it properly, live healthy. Yeah. Uh, and the other you, theme of our show is keep listening to our show. Yes. That's the overriding, forget anything else you've heard today. Just keep listening. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> forget all the health advice, forget all the medical advice. Just get our download numbers up. Exactly. That's all we get. Ricky numbers. We need better numbers. Yeah. I mean, the numbers are actually pretty good, but still. Yeah. They are. They're getting better. Yeah. So uh, we appreciate everybody out there let, uh, telling their friends. I've gotten a number of messages just recently where uh, I think Megan actually was one of the people that uh, told me that she had uh, got a friend hooked on the show also. Good. Thank you, Megan. Yeah. Yes. So, um, yeah, tell your friends and neighbors about us. And please, if you get a chance and you feel up to it, go to iTunes and give us a review. We prefer five-star ones, but give us whatever you feel is fair. I think a five-star review is fair. Personally. Right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it's a five-star effort anyway. Exactly. Uh, that helps us move up into lists, which will get us seen by more people. Uh Always drop us a note if you have any questions. You can get hold of us on Twitter at MedSideStuff, M-E-D-S-I-D-E-S-T-U-F-F. We're on Instagram at MedicalStuff52, and we are on Facebook at MedicalStuff. If you want to send us an email, please do so at MedSideStuff at Yahoo.com. 
Uh, I also I also want to point out that a uh, this is real quick. A listener recently, uh, who's also happens to be a coworker of ours, uh, I'm not going to drop his name, but uh, he recently sent me a picture. I don't know where he was, but he was at a museum somewhere, and it was a cardboard boxed uh, came, and it was Tiddlywinks. Nice. And it was like an antique like nice. thing, and he said that to me, and I saw it immediately. It immediately made my night. So if you're listening. Thank you for sending me that picture. Oh, I got a good laugh out of it. Bring it to work. We'll play it. Yeah. There, well, no, no, no. It, it was it was at a museum. If you brought it to work, you'd have to steal oh. it first. Oh, yeah. So okay. bring it to work. Oh, I thought you meant he got it. I thought he went out and bought a game of tiddlywinks. No, 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 no. He was at a museum or he was somewhere and he saw it. And he took a picture and sent it. Oh, no. I think I know where he was because I think I took a picture of it. There is a uh, display at one of the nursing homes. And it's that like must a, be it. It was a like games from your youth sort of thing, and one of them on there was Tiddlywinks. That must be it. Yeah. Yep. So, all right. Anyway, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, we'll have a new episode next, every Monday morning at seven a.m. And hey, our anniversary's coming up. It is. It's, it's coming our up. First anniversary, so that's like uh, paper, isn't it? I don't know, um, but <laughs> <laughs> April twenty ninth. Uh, but. Tell you what, if you are so inclined, um, we'll do. Why don't we try and do something special, Mark? So once uh, yeah. a while ago, we celebrated. I don't know. I think it was the ten thousand download mark, which we've blown by now. Um, we did. Maybe a sp- we'll do that face that live Facebook episode. I don't know if we have enough time to set up for that. Not right now. Well, I know, but I mean between now. But I tell you what, if you guys, is there something Two you guys months. want to know? There's something you guys want to do. Two months, April. Oh, one month. One month. Never mind. Yeah. It's the end of the month, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry, I just had March in my head. Then March and then April. So that's two months, obviously, Chris. Come on, man. Well, tell you, if there's something you guys want to see or do, let us know. <laughs> and, uh, and we'll do it. We'll do it. Whatever gets the most likes, we'll do. There we go. Live so, on TV. <laughs> anyway, thank you all for listening again. Have a wonderful evening and toast. toast.